Hi. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon. And this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. And sometimes we're actually ready for when I press the button. And other times we're still in the middle of laughing about something. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Um, so it is Thursday. We weren't here last week, but we are back. Um, and we didn't get to talk about it is nomination paper season. It sure is. It sure is. And so, um, yeah. So in order to be on the ballot in November, every city council candidate and school committee candidate has to pull their papers between July 1st and July 31st and turn in 50 signatures. Five zero people. That's not that many signatures. Um, but so over two dozen people have already pulled papers to be on the city council. So this is shaping up to be kind of a kind of a race. It is. And. We technically, we know for sure that Vice Mayor Deborah is not running. Yeah, so there's technically one se- one person who's not um, seeking re-election, but looks like all eight um, are seeking re-election, although Tim Toomey has not pulled papers. He's the only one that hasn't pulled papers. But he could pull them next week. and He could pull them on the 31st and turn around and, and turn them right back in. Yeah. I'd be so sneaky. It'd be like... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been out um, getting signatures and knocking on doors. And actually, last night I was in my neighborhood knocking on doors with my shirt on. Um, I, a lot. Of, I always wear a shirt, actually. <laughs> no, it's good. It's a really cute shirt. I just mean it's a shirt that has my name on it. <laughs> it just sounded like I was just walking around <laughs> in a bra. <laughs> Usually. <laughs> Anyways, I'm walking around with my... Shirt on that has my name on it, which is so weird, by the way, where you're like, hi, I'm Alana Mellon, and it says it on my shirt. And who rolls up is Sambal Siddiqui, like, in my crash car. talking up her like, driver's window. <laughs> I was like, get off, the- get off that porch. <laughs> I was going to an event at the library. I'm sorry. I had to do so it. It was so funny. You got so scared. You were like, oh, my God. Oh my I was God. so scared. I, like, ran off the porch, like, oh, my God. <laughs> who is this heckler? <laughs> <laughs> I have, so... It's been funny getting back out there because I forgot how like funny it can be yeah. to knock on some doors. I have a couple great stories. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna go share them. It. So it's weird. I mean, I'm sure all of you like people come to your door and you're like, oh, oh my god, I just sat down to dinner. Or it's just so annoying to be interrupted. Yeah. So this guy comes to the door last night. He opens the door and I smell that sweet herb. Mm-hmm. Like there is some serious cannabis smoking mm-hmm. happening in the house, and I'm like, oh man, okay. So, I, you know, I go to my spiel and he tells me he's voting for someone else. And I, I've said, I totally understand. I appreciate that. I, you know, would love to have your number too. And he goes, you want my number? Like my phone number? And I was like, nope. And I was That's like, amazing. I was like, do I explain proportional representation to this person or do I just like call it a night? Just yeah. thank you so much. So that was really funny. <laughs> and then my daughter was telling me she was collecting signatures with my husband last night. And she said, Mommy, we um we knocked on this nice older lady older lady's door and she came to the door and we were telling her that we were out here getting signatures to get you back on the ballot for November. <laughs> and the lady said, What did she do to get off the ballot? So funny. To get kicked off the ballot. And so my family <laughs> was relaying that story to me, which was really funny. So People are going to start coming to your door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look out for it. Look, I am. Look out for it. I've had mostly like just people who are like, wait, what month is it? I know. You know like, it's like, please already don't happening. Start it's already happening. And then one woman, she she emailed and said, hey, how do we have term limits? And, you know, like, this is crazy that you have to do this so often. And it, I think it would require a charter change. A charter change. And that requires a, ca- a charter like, commission. 
a whole process. Yeah, it would need a, a whole commission and... And I'm not against that. I think if there's... We could maybe do that. Maybe. I, I don't know. Um, I think three years would be better than two. Or four well, years. Or five years. It is weird. I do have deja vu. Like, uh, we were asking... I had another um, friend out last night looking for signatures. And somebody was like, weren't you just here last year asking for signatures? And she was like, no. And it was two years ago. But it does feel like every summer. Yeah. Because, well, like, every other year you're out there for, like, congressional candidates or state reps. Right. So, anyway... It's, it's all fun stuff. Yeah. I've I've gotten my signatures, so I am don't have to do that anymore, thank goodness. Well, you still have to canvas. I still, I'm still canvassing. Right. But, uh, did you turn your signatures in? I did. Oh, I'm going on Monday? I did, yeah. I'm, I didn't get 100, though. You only need 50. That's so right. So somewhere between then is a, is a good spot. You don't want to get like 40 and then, oh, you don't want to get 50 and then have it come back. Yeah. Because a lot of people move all, all these things that you have or to. Or like s- they can't read it. They can't. Oh, there's, they just, they will not count it if they can't read it. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, you can see where that would be yeah. a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, so wish us luck. <laughs> yeah, wish us luck. I actually, I'm going to turn them in on Monday afternoon. I just saw on my Facebook memories today that Monika Bowman and I took our daughters. We just ran into each other at the election commission. So the four oh, of us that's were such there. A picture. And so I was like, oh, we should do this again. So we're going to do it again on monday that's awesome yeah so that's what's going on there nomination period period the end of sentence um i just came from a cool visit um breakthrough greater boston which is an organization here in cambridge and in somerville and in boston that works with low-income students and connects them to mentors and tutors all the way from sixth grade to twelfth grade um, and they they do after school tutoring, but they also do a summer program. So yeah. it's a six week intensive summer program. And so I got a tour this morning, and it was awesome. So they have about 150 students from sixth grade to twelfth grade, and then a lot of um, breakthrough former breakthrough students come back, and they're actually the teachers. It's um, awesome. It's awesome. So they um, they I here's what I want to say is that so they have these summer programs, and then. I was asking them about their percentage. So like if you are a breakthrough kid, what is your percentage of, you know, actually going to college and then graduating uh, within six years? So listen to these stats. So with this intensive program and having, you know, caring adults and like really working through a lot of this stuff um, during the summer and after school, they have 94% of their kids go to college and 82% graduate within six years, which for um, typical low-income students only 67 percent actually end up going to college and um the graduation rate in six years is actually quite low so really shout out to them um they one of one of the things they were talking to us about today was they have this great social studies program and i got to talk to one of the social studies teachers about their curriculum and social studies is kind of the only place where they can create their own curriculum so two of the study social study teachers got together and one of them is doing a class on how a bill becomes a law so really talking about government and civics and you know talking to the students about um how government works and how they could affect change um to to better work with the 21st century so then they have another social studies teacher who's talking about black hair and the history of black hair and really looking into the social justice issue of that and then they're going to bring the classes together to mm. talk about some legislation that is happening around black hair and hair. Um, and so really kind of making that curriculum come alive. And so the students were talking about how excited they were to to be in both of those classes and talk about that. And I was really just thinking about how interesting it is 
um, I was looking at the teachers and a lot of the teachers are teachers of color. And so I asked the students, you know, how does that feel like Typically, we've been talking about this a lot, you know, at the city council level and the school committee level. A lot of our teachers are not of color, and a lot of our students say that it's it was it would have been important for, to them or more impactful for them to have teachers who look like them and had the same life experience. And they all all the students were saying like it was so important to them to have teachers of color and really coming from a life experience. So, anyways, I <clears throat> are you going to go and do a tour? So I was asked if. I could be a host site for their summer career. Oh, awesome. So on the 19th, there's going to be a group of students coming to City Hall. And And you're going to host them. I'll be the host for that day. Oh, that's so so awesome. It's like an uh, 1 to 2.30. And so, um, yeah, I I think I'm really excited about that and to meet the students. It's a small group of like, I think, eight rising ninth graders and two chaperones and We'll, be, we'll have lunch and show them the tour. Show, yeah. That's so great. Yeah. So they go out to different work sites and see yeah. like career like career day or something. Yeah. And some of them are, have expressed an interest in local government and so oh, and what that cool. looks like. And so they reached out and were like, hey, would you be willing to serve as a career day host? Uh, and so, you know, they, so I'm, I was like, yeah, Look sure. Thank you. I yeah. love it. And I think they reached out to someone from the school committee as well. To kind of do a joint situation, I'm not sure if I think they I think they reached out to Lawrence Kimbrough, so I'm not oh. sure if he's doing it or not. I think the time didn't work out, so I think they may be looking for like another person to join in the conversation. I don't want to be the only one, so oh, <laughs> I'm sure you'd be All fine, these kids. <laughs> um, the other thing I want to say is that this year I've been working with Breakthrough around their summer meal program mm-hmm. um, because. For many, many years, um, what they had been told was that the summer meals could only be meat or vegetarian. And so I worked with Project Bread and with um, the Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed and with the Department of Human Services to make sure that they were offering a vegetarian option and a meat option every single day. Because what was happening was, um, you know, there was a lot of food restrictions. Yeah, we had that committee hearing on that. Yeah. And so it kind of came out of there. And then um, Alyssa Spellman, who's the executive director, reached out and said, like, we really need to do something because a lot of our kids um, don't eat meat. And so their parents think that they're eating lunch every single day, but you know, three days out of the week, they don't have a meal that's appropriate Mm -hmm. for them. So we switched it. It's all working out great. I did ask today. And so I'm really excited that like, even just making that little tweak is making a big difference for our kids this summer. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So yeah, we'll 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 share more about Breakthrough. It's a it's a great organization. Yeah, let us know about the the career day tour. Yeah. So Ooh, the last two weeks, we did have a ordinance committee hearing on July 2nd. Uh, it was about five hours long, and it was to discuss the 100% affordable housing overlay zoning. And we have one more meeting. Well, we'll have multiple. We have but The next one is scheduled for August 1st at 530 in the chambers. And there are also going to be more open houses to learn about the overlay zoning and ask questions on July 18th, which uh, from 6 to 8, at the Multicultural Arts Center, there's one on July 22nd at uh, the Cambridge Community Center, uh, and then there's another one on July 24th from 6 to 8, all are 6 to 8 at the Trolley Square Community Room. So there are there's more opportunity to learn and ask questions. Uh, and during the meeting, there we discussed the zoning, and, and we had a presentation by staff, and then uh, we, we discussed a little bit, then we had public comment, which went on as it always does for more than 
It usually does when it's these this topic. It was a shorter amount of time this time than has been in the past, I felt like. Yeah, I guess it was still two, over two hours, though. <laughs> <laughs> which which is important, you know, we're no, there no, for it. No, I, no, I just, now it's like what time is so relative. Like two right. hours just feels like that's so quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> having yeah, having been in these five-hour ones. <laughs> so we talked about the, some of the zoning, and I had suggested the, a provision to evaluate the overlay similar to what we do with our incentive zoning and inclusionary zoning and to require an a, annual report. I think there's a lot of consensus around doing that. Others requested an official legal opinion on the overlay zoning since we have received uh, emails from real estate attorneys, so suggesting that it could be legally challenged or it will be, so... Uh, we will have a legal opinion, an official legal opinion. We, you know, Mr. Goldberg did say, you know, presumably, yes, we're doing, it is legal, but I think it, it would be good to have um, the the points responded to. Well, we have that by the July or the August 2nd, or sorry, August 1st meeting. I hope so. Okay. I, yeah. So others also suggested that the affordable housing Overlay developments should not be exempted from the tree protection ordinance. So that came up. Uh, uh, there's a lot of concern from members of our community about the potential impact of the affordable housing overlay on the tree canopy mm -hmm. uh, on sites with larger trees, uh, which, which larger yards, which account for a significant percentage of the city's tree canopy. Uh, so we, the, so we we discussed uh, a lot of these provisions, but because of how long the meeting was, it was suggested that anyone who kind of had these suggestions email the city solicitor and, with the official amendments. Mm -hmm. And so that that was a process. I also we also received a lot of questions about where, where, why the developments aren't going up to one hundred twenty percent of the AMI for that middle income or right. Yeah, and uh, people have been saying, why aren't we doing enough for middle-income uh, residents? And they're getting displaced, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. I did mention during the meeting that we do have middle-income rental, a uh, middle-income rental program in the city, uh, and it's not mentioned in the FAQ, which I think we can update the FAQ mm, on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's important that residents know that there's a middle income program that exists through the inclusionary zoning and the minimum and mac maximum for a single person can is 63,000. They can make up to 95,000 and that there are units and there are more units coming online. And Chris Carter did say that though the reason we're not doing it for this, the overlay is because the greatest demand for housing is from households under 80% of uh, the area median income. And so, and also the public funding for this housing is predominantly targeted at households under 80% uh, AMI, including the CPA funding through the Affordable Housing Trust. I mean, I so I, yes, the demand for housing um, is from households under 80%, but we don't really, we don't really advertise to like middle income, right? right. And like, I wouldn't think that, you know, I think that, you know, people who fall in that, income bracket don't feel like they probably qualify for so they're not getting on a list you know what i mean totally so and I, I we have mm -hmm. to do better outreach mm -hmm. for that program and we should really talk to this this the the housing staff about how to go about that because i at the door so far people have asked about the middle middle income and i was like people don't know that there there is this program like you said right. and they don't know that they, they likely they qualify. qualify exactly and I, I do think there is a stigma too 
right? Uh, and yeah. so that that's the other part of kind of saying, okay, you may not have to be displaced. You know, let's get you on a on a list. Right. I have tons of friends who, you know, I, we qualify for this program. I qualify for, you know, a lot of renters uh, and others could qualify for this. Uh, and so, you know, I think there is this desire to do that. And also, the, the, we've heard a lot about homeownership, right? Yeah. And, and what to do. And I had put in a policy order, you, you co-sponsored it too, uh, about looking at our homeownership program. And so currently the HomeBridge program provides funding for households who are eligible for um and and will will provide uh, first time home buyers a chance to purchase a home uh, and they receive financial assistance for a portion of the price of the home in exchange they enter into affordable housing restriction right and eligible applicants must earn at least 60% and no more than 100% uh, of the area median income but what's interesting is and this came up in that policy order like there's households up to 100 80% AMI who may be eligible for the HomeBridge program when program funds are available. But right now, funds for households earning between 100% and 120% AMI are not currently available. Uh, and so they're not ex- accepting applications. Right, so if there was more funding, we could p- right. potentially have more homes. And I think we've both talked about this. Mm-hmm. There should be more funding for homeownership. Uh, it's also, it's a really finite resource too. And so that's yeah. the difficulty too. So that came up a lot. Uh, and I know you had a lot of thoughts too on, on yeah, criteria. Yeah, so uh, you guys brought up uh, most of the thoughts that I had had uh, around and the concerns, except for, you know, one of the things that people keep bringing up is that, you know, up until now, the affordable housing has been built by kind of mostly the nonprofit developers, uh, like HRI, Justice Art, and the Housing Authority. But residents have expressed concern that this overlay zoning would bring you know new developers into the mix uh, who had not previously built affordable housing here in Cambridge. And I, you know, I think this is a reasonable concern. We're we're operating under a set of assumptions mm-hmm. that maybe isn't the way it's gonna play out. So we wanna make sure and future proof and and not have unintended consequences of, you know, I was just reading in the paper last week, I'm sure everyone's seen, you know, wealthy people, the 1% have like no place to even put their money anymore. So, you know, it is not entirely out of the question that somebody would see this as a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a reasonable thing to be concerned about that you don't want, and we, I don't want this either. I don't want shoddily built, buildings um, that are not properly maintained. I don't think that that does our low income and middle income residents any good. That's not what I want. So um, I have been I have been working with um, the affordable housing folks and CDD to try to figure out like, is there a way to have a certification process through the zoning? And apparently, you know, you can't do that through zoning. Zoning really just is about the what, not about the who. So we're just trying to figure out if there a way, you know, like, so the state has a, a, you know, a program wherein they allocate low-income housing tax credits um, through something called a qualified allocation plan. So it sets forward um, a criteria so that they only, if they a builder meets the minimum requirements that are set through kind of this narrow criteria with a competitive zoning. So that ensures that the state is only giving this like very finite resources in the form of tax credits to qualify applicants so you know there's things like um, official local support has a certain uh, you know number of points comprehensive neighborhood revitalization efforts um, you know minority owned or women-owned businesses a nonprofit sponsor you know there's environmental concerns so you you know you, you 
you add up all your points. And if you don't add up to a certain score, you don't get any low income tax credits. So what I was looking for was a lever here in Cambridge, where if we are doing the zoning, like, is there a comprehensive set of criteria where builders could only um, qualify for the zoning if they met a certain criteria? And I'm kind of hitting a brick wall on this. One of the only place that seemed to be workable was putting it in the affordable housing trust and making sure that we're really revisiting their criteria when they give out city funded dollars, right? And so I think the trust is very open to doing that and making sure that they revisit their criteria. It's uh, my concern. Um, and I wasn't able to be at the ordinance committee hearing. I had a memorial service that night, unfortunately. But my concern, and I wish I had been able to say it there, was what about people who don't need, you know, they can build the building and they don't need the funding from the city? Right. So how do we how do we future proof against that? So again, I um, and I, I think it's came up came up in other committee hearings of like if we we want to help our nonprofits, right? right? But then if we're seeing folks who are for profit that don't need the funding and they're the only ones in the market then it then you know, already justice Star and other home or hri they're like we can't we're probably not going to be building in cambridge anymore right right so if, if that's the effect it's it's worrisome um but we also can't discriminate right well, that's the, that's thing. the whole yeah. thing and that's why the competitive scoring right, right. at the state level though i just felt like okay the zoning is a resource mm-hmm. right it's a limited resource just like low-income housing tax credits um, how do we make sure that we're giving out a resource um, to people who qualify? And you know, with that said, we've we've seen one LLC, uh, Sean Hope, mm-hmm. and I forget the other guy's name, Jason Corb. Yeah, they, Capstone, Capstone um, Real Estate or Properties, Properties, Properties. They are the Court only, Landing, yeah, um, on Harvard Street mm-hmm. was the, their first one, and now they're doing that um, 17, Frost Terrace, yeah, Frost Terrace on Mass Ave and, and Porter Square. Yeah. But they but they required money from the trust. Yeah. They required um, you know tax credits. Um, I'm worried about the people who are looking for a place to put their money and don't care if they lose money because they're actually looking for like some yeah some relief on their taxes. So mm-hmm. anyway, that um, you will see some more on that. There, all the counselors are kind of putting together their thoughts and sending them off. Um, so. Look forward to the next meeting on August 1st, which is a Thursday night. And the thing that came out of that meeting, too, there's going to be there's going to be a meeting on August 1st. And then it seemed like there was going to be one another one, too, maybe before the end of August is over. Yeah, um, because we actually the city council has to act on this by September 23rd. I think it was. Yeah. 23rd. Yeah. Because that's the day. Yeah. The petition expires um, on o- October 2nd. And the city council meeting previous to that would have been. September 30th, but it's Rosh Hashanah. So it has to be um, September 23rd. So um, there are a few more meetings. Uh, So if you missed the one last week, was it just last week? week? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, If you missed the one last week, there's one on the first. And, you know, if you have questions, please, again, always reach out. Reach out. Um, Fourth of July. Yeah. So we, uh, so we, yeah, the ordinance meeting was the third. No, the second, the third was a Wednesday. I don't think I did anything Wednesday. And then the fourth, we, uh, thanks to Alana, uh, <laughs> I got hooked up. I didn't know this. I didn't know this, uh, that there is a spot that the city, folks affiliated with the city can watch from. Well, so it's the command station. It's the command station. For the police department. Um, and so we, it's like a rooftop right on Memorial Drive. And I went last year and um, it's a beautiful spot to see the fireworks and it's, 
it was just such a, and then my friend Sumble was there. Yeah, I came with Got them. to watch the fireworks together. Yeah, we went, met with, uh, we had to meet at a location and then get Secret driven. Secret location. Get driven in a car, in a cop car. <laughs> <laughs> so it was We're great. probably going to get in trouble right now. I, <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Shh, don't tell anyone. I felt really cool. Uh, I know. It was like, we're the cool kids yeah, going like, to the hey, party. Hey, everyone. <laughs> but we were so close that there was stuff like all over us. Oh, my God. And my hair, I got home. I was like, I think I have to take a shower. There was like. The sweat in my hair. <laughs> it was we were that close, guys. Anyway, uh, thank you. Then Monday, I attended a government operations meeting to discuss a report from the city manager and the city solicitor on proposals for a Cambridge publicly financed municipal election program, something called a Cambridge Municipal Election People's Pledge, and to discuss the fe- feasibility of convening a task force or working group to discuss publicly financed elections in Cambridge. Ooh, it was um. It was similar to past meetings. Are you on the com- this committee? Nope. Okay. So the city council was requesting information around the public funding of municipal school committee and city council elections, as well as the creation of a voluntary pledge program in which candidates would voluntarily agree to limit their campaign exp- expenditures, that they would restrict the donations they would accept, and publicly release a copy of their most recent federal tax return in exchange for the city notifying voters that participating candidates have taken the pledge. So in a nutshell, the opinion said that both of the, pro- the proposed programs, and this was uh, Councillor Toomey's order, contained elements that were not permitted under the current law and presented a number of practical difficulties. So we are basically, what we did have consensus about was this idea of a task force, task force that would be made up of, there'd be some attorneys, there'd not be any, city councilors, obviously, um, and the task force would evaluate how it could work, if it could work in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. The task force prior have basically said, here's Seattle, here's Maine, here's all the other places doing it, and now let's do it here. Here, And I, I said, like, that law is not similar to, to what Massachusetts state law and what our campaign finance, uh, you know, laws are. And also there's this, that we're conflating certain issues. You know, there's a question about access and there's this question about who you're getting money from. And I think there's this, the play to play ordinance that was or proposed, that is separate, that, that's a separate issue of who you're getting money from and when. This other issue of publicly financed elections, people have said, we want to level the playing field. We want to do this. And we've, we're talking about it in the same way. And I think that's, that's a problem. And so we, we, I think for this task force, we'll kind of look at the, the former piece of how do we make local elections more accessible to everyone? Uh, and are there things that we can do that's, that other cities have done like seed certain campaigns and other yeah. things. And I think that is separate from this idea of, the, you know, what came up a few weeks ago. Was it a few weeks ago? Maybe it was the summer, not the summer meeting about... Uh, if the summer meeting hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it hasn't happened. But the, what was it called? It was the play to pay. Yeah, ordinance. so that was, that was based on something in New Jersey, which was for contracts. Yeah. It was not for elections. Right. Um, that was the thing that I was kind of like, I don't really understand this i mean for people who aren't deeply steeped in massachusetts uh the office of campaign (laughs) political finance like sumble and myself and everyone else who's running and ran isn't like i can't take money from an llc you can't take you can only take money or sorry take money sounds so dirty (laughs) you can only accept a contribution from a person 
Yeah. Um, and so this whole idea that, uh, you know, uh, I do think this comes up every two years, like people who are like, we're not taking money from developers. Well, like Boston Properties can't send me a check. No. Um, people who work, like, what are you talking about? Like people who work at Boston Properties, people who, I, I don't. Yeah. And I think those parameters of like, let's, what they looked at in LA was if you have something before the council. And there's a lot of there's a lot of issues happening in LA with this, but they were like, if oh you're, right, because there's like the corruption. Yeah, there's stuff with the FBI. Yeah, yeah. But you know, for so people were saying if you have some zoning coming forward, it would be limited. You could not take money during a certain period, mm-hmm. and there were parameters and there was discussion about that. Mm-hmm. And I, we have not gotten to that point where we're kind of. And you brought this up at that meeting, like. Where where where's it's a slippery slope. Where what are where are we stopping? Right, right. And I think, uh, but it does keep coming up, and we do get a lot of emails about it. Like, why can't we have? Why is there so much money that we have to? And by the way, have to let me tell you something. It is my least favorite thing to oh, do. The worst. The worst. I don't so, want to do it. <laughs> I don't want to do it at all. So I would be the first person to say, like, please just get rid of all the money. Oh, and I'll 100%. just walk around and just hand out index cards or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I think... But, like, the only thing that you can buy with this money is, like, pins. Shirts. Shirts, pizza, lawn signs. Palm cards. Palm cards. And you can pay someone, you know, to manage your campaign. Right. Because, like, that part is really complicated. And And some people use it for transportation, and some people... I don't, but... I don't either. uh, Or, like, coffee. Or coffee, yeah. (laughs) I don't, don't do that either. And then some people use it for making charitable donations. I don't do that either. I don't do that either. I think that's wrong. Um, anyway, th- it was an interesting discussion. It was actually, it went on for like maybe 30, 40 minutes and then we wrapped up because we were like- What? Really? It was a very Super short quick. meeting. Okay. Yeah. So there's going to be a task force, uh, probably next, wh- whoever is the, with the council in, in 2020. Okay. All right. So uh, thanks for the <laughs> recap on that. Um, and so tonight we actually have an ordinance committee hearing at 530. By the way, it is so hot in that room. I know. Who is scheduling all of these meetings? At 530. At 530 in the summertime. It is. There's no air conditioning in the Sullivan Chamber. Listen, I'm just like complaining. <laughs> I just don't like being hot. <laughs> um, it's, there's no air conditioning because it's historically not accurate it can't it can, not it do it so um we just sit there and swelter to death so anyway so we have an ordinance committee hearing tonight which will discuss the refiled petition from alexandria real estate speaking of developers to amend the zoning ordinance in article 20 to add um the creation of a grand junction pathway overlay district um which is the redevelopment of the former met pipe site on the corner of binney and fulkerson street into a commercial lab facility so this has actually been a fascinating process to watch. So Alexandria Real Estate wants to put a lab on the former Met Pipe uh, location. They started out with like 120 feet with 45 feet of mechanicals. So like 165 feet total. And the neighbors who are right behind it, which is like this cute little area, Linden Park, it's called. It's all these like kind of attached duplexes. Yeah. Adorable. Um, they were like, no way. Too big. No way. It's zoned for 45 feet. That's all, you know, no way. Um, so at an ordinance committee hearing, when the uh, the original petition... January. Went, in January, wow. Um, they decided, Alexandria decided to have a working group with the neighbors to try to come to some consensus. And so we are having... Um, a meeting tonight after they have done all of their meetings and come to some consensus. And we got an email from um, 
Alexandria yesterday saying that they have agreed to 115 feet total, so 90 feet of a building, and then only 25 feet of mechanicals. And um, so that is going to be happening tonight. Um, if you're interested, it's at 5.30. If you want to come sweat to death with yeah, me and come, Sambo. Yeah, come bring us pizza. <laughs> so we'll let you know what happens. Um, I, th- I It will be interesting. I really enjoyed everyone coming to the table and and really working on coming to a consensus so we'll see what happens tonight but good job everybody yeah yeah um what else is going on so this weekend yeah the the this weekend friday uh the city's organizing a lights for liberty vigil it's happening also in boston i think Uh, it's happening everywhere everywhere Yeah. yeah that night um and it'll be at Cambridge City Hall beginning at 7.30. And the vigil is intended to shine a light on the inhumane conditions faced by migrants and to protest the continued separation of children from their families. And so the Cambridge vigil will include stories from immigrants and their advocates um, and education and call to action segment and remarks for community leaders from 8 to 9 p.m. And then the silent candlelight vigil will begin at 9 p.m. I mean, this is... It has been amazing to watch um, Ayanna Presley and Alexandria yeah. Ocasio-Cortez mm-hmm. um, and Rashida Tlaib go to visit these concentration camps and really call out the inhumanity. And I, in my life, have never been so proud of an elected official as I was of Ayanna Presley for standing there. I don't know if you saw the video of her. I did. Speaking oh. truth to power and just like people yelling racist, mm-hmm. ignorant stuff at her. And she just like, I don't know. She just kept going, and I'm. Anyway, I'm really grateful to the the freshmen, uh, Congress. Yeah, thank people, you. The women who yeah. are going and really shining a spotlight on this problem. We cannot look away. This is hideous and it's unconscionable. Unconscionable. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is completely 100 percent right in calling them concentration camps. I stand behind that 100 percent. And that mm-hmm. Facebook group of all of the border protection agents. Oh, it's. I, disgusting yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. despicable um and uh, anyway the the vigil is like the least we can all do yeah so we'll see you there if you can please come yeah um okay on to something more fun um participatory budgeting is there's a new um participatory budgeting happening right now and it's the idea submission stage through seven thirty one. So through now through July 31st, a collection of ideas for the sixth cycle of participatory budgeting has begun. Um, Cambridge community members are welcome to help shape the capital projects on the ballot in a citywide participatory budgeting election in December. Um, for this next process, the city is setting aside one million dollars. <laughs> Austin Powers right now. One million dollars <laughs> for projects to improve the community. So submit your ideas before July 31st at pb.cambridgema.gov or contacting the budget office at 617-349-4270 or emailing pb at cambridgema.gov. Great, yeah. I'm excited for it. Monday... On Monday from 4 to 6, the because vi- we don't have a meeting. We don't have a meeting that night, but we have one from 4 to 6. Well, I'm not on the transportation committee, but I I'll do, be there. I do want to go to this because it's it's very it, it should be it should be a good one. So it's to discuss the staff's recommendations for a pilot program for electric shared scooters. So the staff 
have been working with the Metropolitan Area Planning Council, state lawmakers, and other cities to try to develop a set of consistent rules and best practices for licensing these devices to operate safely on our streets. And we have been getting <laughs> daily emails. They just go right into a, a spam. Bulk, yeah, I don't because I think they all come from this. Or it's like an stuff. app. Yeah, they must press it. Uh, people must press it, and you just get an app, the email that says. Please support micro mobility. Uh, and so, I, my cousin just recently relocated. Zara just went to Santa Monica to work for Bird Scooters. So oh my <laughs> I'm trying not. To, I'm gonna like not like use that as like a. Like, you know, I want to be trans- transparent about it. But she w- launched. She and a few others launched it in Calgary. So the first city in Canada, the first oh, city in Canada. Okay. Doing, and she was she was laughing because she was like, I thought of you because I was meeting all these government people and they were so corny. <laughs> she's like, I know a government person. <laughs> she's like, my cousin is a city councilor. And then she was like, it's actually nice. Like people know where Cambridge is. It's like you're not a city councilor of some unknown city. Did she not know that Cambridge was like a... I mean, she grew up here, but she just like, <laughs> she just <laughs> she just didn't... She people like, know where Cambridge is. Yeah, people know her. It's so crazy. But anyway, in Calgary, they allow they got a, l- a contract to just allow the scooters on sidewalks, and that's not what you're what would be allowed here. Yeah. So I told you that my husband brought me home yes. from work, <laughs> and um, I don't know if I would ever ride one on a street. Yeah. I just here's why. Um, like I'm comfortable riding a bike to an extent. Like I'm I'm always like cautious, right? But I know where the door zone is mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. I think people can see you because you're like up higher on, the, I don't know, I just feel like when you're on a bike, you feel bigger, like a more of a mass for people to see and hopefully won't get doored. But I feel like on a scooter, people, I, I don't know, I just feel like you're smaller and that you might get doored and I guess, I don't know. I think I'm worried also about like falling off. Yeah, that and like <laughs> bicycles and scooters together on the road, mm. like, and we have, our streets are not They're, wide. Like I was in LA wide. doing mm-hmm. it and, right. and I went to that conference and we rode bird scooters. It was terrifying. They go very fast. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, And I honestly wouldn't do it because of my ankle. <laughs> Too scared. Oh, Here God. we go again. We go. But anyway. We you- almost got through a whole podcast. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. But anyway, if you're interested in e-scooters, uh, come to the meeting. We don't know what the next steps are, but we'll, we'll learn what they're finding. And, and maybe I might take my e-scooter to the meeting. You, oh, you should. That oh, it's so not fun. allowed in Cambridge, okay? Well, no, pe- no it. you can ride your scooters in Cambridge. People have them. People but, have their own personal private ones, but oh, you can't yes, yes, have yes. the scooters. You can't have bird. Yeah, you can't. You bring bird into Cambridge. Yeah, no, mine is like mine just says my name on it now. Oh, just whoa, kidding! Spe- it totally. <laughs> is. I was like, special. Can I get one? <laughs> my husband was like, "Are you going to ride this again?" I was like, "Ah." So it's at home. It's at home. Yeah. Oh, I want to. You want to yeah. check it out? Anyway, anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it. All I have to say is, if you see Sambal and myself out in your neighborhood, maybe throw us a sandwich. Yeah. Some, say hello. Some seltzer. I love seltzer. La Croix, please. <laughs> Oh, not picky. <laughs> Hashtag not picky. Polar. <laughs> I was la- I was laughing last night because um, you know you don't realize how much people hate people with clipboards until you're oh. walking around with oh, a yeah. clipboard, and like people, it's like you're they cannot look you in the face. It's just so funny. It's I got so yelled funny. at. I forgot meant to send this in the beginning. I got yelled at because they thought I was <laughs> coming to them about some bee petition. <laughs> A bee petition? Like there's a group going around with like saving the bees. And they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about the bees. Oh my God. Oh my God. They came to my house <laughs> on July 4th. 
Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was like, who is canvassing on July 4th? And it was a guy and he had like a video he wanted to show me. And I was like, skip to the end, buddy. Right? They've like, been out. You? They've been out all month long. And I so was people like, I am got for so the mad. Bees. I am for the yeah. bees. But don't bother me on a holiday. I did literally tell a girl, I was like, can you like go somewhere else? Because like people think that I'm like, they won't <laughs> open the door because they're so annoyed by, by you. And then I had to explain. They're like, oh, okay. All right. You're not that bee person. I was like, yeah. Oh, but I anyway, watch out for that. <laughs> watch out for the bees. <laughs> All right. So we will be back um, maybe next week, maybe yeah. the week after. We're a little crazy We're right now. We're going to play it by ear. Yeah. But um, I hope you guys have a great week. And tweet at us if you need anything, have any questions, want to tell us anything fun. I'm at A-M-M-A-L-L-O-N. And I'm at S-U-M-B-U-L-S-I-D-D. All right. Peace out, everybody. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.